Welcome to the Christian Life Austin Sunday Morning Message. Today is part one of our new series entitled Modern Family by Lead Pastor Rex Johnson. Amen, amen, amen. I want to talk to you today on the modern family, and I'm going to call this today Moving Day. I'm going to call it Moving Day. Moving Day. I just feel like talking about that today. Shake somebody's hand and you may be seated. I won't be lengthy, I promise. You may be seated. God bless. Amen. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 11 and 12, you can read it for yourself. The Bible said, let the land produce according to their kind. Let the land produce according to their kind. What, what God is saying there in the very first chapter of the very first book of the Bible, the Genesis, the creation book, he was saying the secret of your life is in relationships. It's in your relationships. Whatever you are, you need to produce after your kind. Verse 26, he said, let us make man in our image. And the first thing he said to them is be fruitful and multiply. And if you're going to be fruitful and multiply, there must be some kind of intimacy in your life in order to multiply. Trees have to cross-pollinate. Once again, the secret of your life is in your relationships. I've often said, and I have a buddy in Fort Worth that says it so often. He said the, speed, the life moves at the speed of relationships. And people, people need relationships in their life. Can you say amen to that? The greatest relationship that we need, of course, is our relationship with Almighty God. We must continue to call Him Lord. And as the curtain falls on summer, we turn our focus to the family because we have had a beautiful summer and now we're getting our kids ready to go back to school. We want to talk about modern family. Modern has to do with the present or recent times as opposed to the past. Modern is characterized by or using the most up-to-date techniques, ideas, and equipment. Modern marks a significant departure from traditional styles and values. Anybody as a kid remember watching the Jetsons? You remember them? That's when cartoons were fun. The Jetsons were a family residing in Orbit City. Remember that? In the year 2026. Excuse me. That's only 12 years from now. Wow. Wow. George Jetson lives with his family in a sky pad apartments. His wife, Jane, is a homemaker, and their teenage daughter, Judy, attends Orbit High School. And their early childhood son, Elroy, attends Little Dipper School. Housekeeping is done by a robot maid named Rosie. This is the part that all the men like. George Jetson's work week is a typical of his era, one hour a day, two days a week. And he commutes to his work in an aero car that resembles a flying saucer with a transparent bubble top on it. Remember those days? That is what they thought the modern family would look like when they created the show way back in 1963, some 51 years ago. Now here we stand, only 12 years from the Jetsons, and there are no flying cars. There are no two-hour work weeks. And we certainly don't have Rosie the robot <laughs> doing the cleaning of the home. But what do we have? 
I'll tell you what we have. We have modern families that are being defined by Hollywood. Somebody needs to help me preach today. And I got, I, I got to say something. Hollywood's got it all wrong. And we are being force-fed an agenda that is eroding away at the foundation of the family. The Bible said Satan is trying to wear out the saints of God. And the family channel is no longer safe, at least not to Christian families. The cartoon network has cartoons that would make Bugs and Mickey and Fred Flintstone and Daffy Duck blush. I want you to know, I want you to know, I'm not against modern. I'm not trying to preach an Amish message today. I believe we can be modern, meaning that you can enjoy all the current conveniences of life that Ward and June Cleaver and the boys did not have. And yet, and yet, I believe you can hold strong to values and to truths that are timeless in your life. Say amen to that. In fact, those truths are more relevant today than they were 15 years ago, and they will continue to remain relevant in our life. The Bible is filled with families that aren't perfect, none were, but it's the redemptive work of God that gives us all hope. Somebody say amen. amen. Christian Life Church values families. What does that mean? I believe you can be a modern family, but you can still have traditional godly values. I believe you can be a modern family with still traditional godly values. I'd like for our men to say amen to that. I'd like for the women to say thank God for that. Because your husband just said amen to that. Amen? Genesis chapter 11 verse 31 through Genesis 12 verse 3. The Bible says Terah took his son Abram, his grandson Lot, the son of Haran, and his daughter-in-law Sarai, the wife of his son Abram. He had another son named Nahor. And together they set out from Ur of the Chaldeans to go to Canaan. But when they came to Haran, they settled there. And Terah lived 205 years, and he died in Haran. And the Lord said to Abram, go from your country. Listen to this. Go from your people. Go from your father's household to the land that I will show you. And I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you, and I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing, and I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse, and all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. That's some powerful word there. Now, Terah had three sons. He had Abram, he had Nahor, he had, he had Haran. And the Bible said that when he got ready to go, he took Abram. He took his nephew Lot, who was the son of Haran. In our 32 years of marriage, Patty and I have moved eight times. How many, how many of you folks have ever moved? Come on, raise your hand. And yet, here we stand today, united, in love, in spite of averaging a move every four years. Here's why it happened. We didn't move that much, except we moved in towns. Every time... We went to a new town. We would find a house to rent until we found the right place to buy. Are you with me? So you can subtract three of those moves. That feels better because when I was a young man, we moved one time six years in one year of my schooling. 
six times in one year of my schooling. And I told my parents I wasn't going to be moving like that all my life. And then I got to counting up the times I'd moved. We'd moved eight times, but subtract three of those because if we'd have found a house when we first moved there, well, you know the story. <laughs> but living in a new place is amazing. It really is. And the prospects of moving is exciting. But the actual move is tough, especially if you have a bit of a hoarding spirit in your life. Because when you get ready to move, I promise you, there's more stuff there than you ever thought you had to pack. That's why you call United Band Lines now. That's why you call these moving services. And in our text that I just read to you, it was moving day. Terah took his son, Abram, and his daughter-in-law, Sarai, and his grandson, Lot, and they went from the Ur of the Chaldeans to a land of Canaan. Now, I don't know what compelled them to make the move, but I do have a hunch. Two things are apparent. One, Babel. The Tower of Babel's building was in their rearview mirror. Now, I know it was probably many years before, perhaps, but they were perhaps in that land area where it happened, or the Chaldees was not far from the plains of Shinar. But I do believe with all my heart that there was something happening globally or something happening in their world that made them listen to a voice of God thinking there surely must be something better than what we have here. And then the second thing is a, man, a young man named Haran, the baby boy of the family. The baby boy had died in Ur. He really had. He had died. And somehow when God, now what many people think is that God spoke to Abram. No, he didn't. God spoke to Terah and said, get your family. Take Abram and take Lot, your grandson, and take Sarai and let's go. I want you to get up and get out of here. And Terah listened to God. But we all have something, folks, relational that has the potential, you hear now, to move us or to destroy us. Something in our life has the ability to move us or destroy us. It is safe to say that Terah heard from God, perhaps because a son had died. He felt like he needed to move on, perhaps because of Babel, but he didn't want to be attached to the Babylonian Babel spirit that was trying to build a, a tower to the heavens. And so there are some families here today, and you know deep down inside that many of you understand it's moving day in your spirit. It's time to make changes. It's time to say, I want more of the God that I have had less of in my life. I want more of the church that I've had less of in my life. I want more of the prayer time that I've had less of in my life. I want more devotional time that I've had less of in my life. It's time to make changes in our life, in our spirit realm. It's time to move forward. Amen. And... No more just talk. No more just talk. You know, it's time for action. It's time for dads. It's time for moms. It's time for kids to step up and say, you know what? We're not just going to profess Christianity. Oh, I feel like preaching today. We're going to possess Christianity. And it's time to get our values adjusted and our priorities changed. And it's time to move Jesus Christ in your life from the top five of your life to the center of everything that you have in your life. Would somebody help me preach right now? I feel like preaching. I wish somebody in this house would just raise their hands right now and say, Lord, be the center of my life. Would you do it right now? Come on, I feel like preaching to this congregation, but I must prepare you before I preach to you because it's moving day. It's moving day in our life. You get the newspaper, you read the newspaper, you see things that are happening in our world. We cannot have status quo church anymore. 
I don't care how modern we are. We can't have status quo church anymore. I feel that heel grab in spirit of Jacob. We got to get a hold of something. We've got to grab a hold of something greater than ourselves. We can't just go through life, case, sarah, sarah, whatever will be, will be. We've got to be purposeful in our worship. We've got to be purposeful in our prayer. We've got to be purposeful in our church attendance. We've got to be purposeful in our family matters. We've got to be right. I don't care how modern we are. We must be moving forward in Jesus Christ. It's moving day. It's moving day. My text says that Terah and his family made a move, but then he stopped and settled in Haran. The only difference between Haran, his son's name, and Haran is one more R. He stopped in a town with the same name as his deceased son, Haran. Now we know their destination was Canaan. Stay with me now. And yet Terah opted to settle down at Haran. I call it simply living in a halfway house. Living on the way to Canaan, but not quite there. But the town Haran simply means road. Haran, Haran is not a destination. It's a, it's, a, it's a means to your destination. And so the city of Haran, probably located at the junction of trade routes, was named after the crossroads. So Terah moves his family with the intent to go to Canaan a seaside community along the Mediterranean. But he comes to a crossroads, stay with me now, and he settles down at the crossroads. If you have felt a draw to more of God and you have come to a crossroads, my advice is don't settle down. Keep moving to what God has for you. Don't settle down. Keep moving to what God has for you. Terra died in Haran. He died reaching for Canaan, yet held back by a relational catastrophe. He died reaching for Canaan, held back by a relational passing. After 205 years, he literally died at a crossroad. As pastor of this congregation, sometimes I feel funny when I preach. Sometimes I feel interactive when I preach. Sometimes I feel communicative when I preach. But I feel passionate and burdened today. It is not the will of God for anybody in this house to die at a halfway house. To die at a crossroads of your life. Because of something that happened in your past, you can't get to where God wants you to go in your future. Because something took place yesterday, you don't have the ability to go on forward. First of all, I rebuke anything that's trying to hold you back. I come against it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ because there's power in the name of Jesus. And whatever's trying to hold you back, I come against it with the word of God. I come against it with the name of the Lord. I come against it in prayer and in supplication because I want you to turn that loose. Get out of the crossroads and get yourself to the place God has for you in your life. Hallelujah. 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 The great baseball legend Yogi Berra said, if you come to a fork in the road, take it. Don't stop. Go. God has never put a stop in us. He's put a go in us. The first word of the Great Commission is go. God wants this church to go. He wants this church to grow because we go. 
Don't stop at a crossroads. Move on. Don't let something in your past hold you from something in your future. Boy, I could preach on that. I have had so many people say, Pastor, you don't realize... You don't realize how I was abused when I was a kid. I know that. 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 Don't you think I know that? I was too. All of us have had some things happen to us that are not cool. They're not kosher. They're not good. But you can't live there the rest of your life. You can't let it be. Well, you know, Pastor... A pastor hurt me a long time ago. I know that. My family was asked to leave two churches for crying out loud. I know that. And I remember pulling on my mom's skirt one day in the front of the church on the porch and saying, Mama, does anybody love us? I know that. Things happen. Please forgive me. But things happen in our past that tries to deter us and distract us from our future. But something has happened between our past and our future. A voice of God has spoken to us and said, I am with you and I want you to come with me. We're going to go to a place that you've never been before. That's what it's about. That's what it's all about. Are you with me today? And that voice of God has got to be stronger than anything holding you back. Amen. Let me get off of that. Let me preach a little bit. I'm messing now. I'm, I'm, I'm fooling around. There are decisions in your life that really don't matter. Like if you're trying to settle on a minivan versus an SUV. That don't matter. Just get one or the other and be happy. Or some of you ladies, which, which dress or pants you want to wear to church today. My God. Just wear the blue ones and come on. Or the choice of the restaurant after church. Okay, do we eat Mexican food? Do we eat fried fish? Do we, do we go to uh, eat a little Chinese? Do we, blah, 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 blah. That don't matter. But if you're debating on whether or not to follow God with your family and go for what he has in store for you, please don't settle for less. So you got to get this now. So Terah dies after 205 years because he won't go any further than Haran. He dies. And God goes to the next generation and speaks again. <laughs> Genesis 12 and 1. Now the Lord said to Abram, get out of your country. Watch this. And from your family and from your father's house to a land I will show you. You got to get this. Abram didn't get the first call. His daddy got the first call. But his daddy didn't heed the call. It should have been the God of Terah. But it wasn't. Because he let something in his past stop him at a crossroads. That continually remind him of what he had lost in his yesterday. And I'm here to declare to you, this church is not about remembering what we lost. This church is about understanding what we have gained by serving, 
and honoring Jesus Christ in our life. Are you with me? So God speaks. Abram listens. Let me affirm that to you again today. God speaks. He does not just speak in broad strokes of generalities. He's speaking directly to you about you. The question is, is not is God speaking. The question is, are you listening? Are you hearing? Because God's talking. I'm, here's, what, here's what he's saying. It's moving day with some of you people. It's time to move your family to another location of spiritual reign. It's time to move your family to a greater plateau of joy and happiness. It's time to move your family to another place. Get out of your country. Get out of the place that you're living in right now. Are you with me? Let me segue. Just a few weeks ago, the world was caught up in the World Cup soccer matches in Brazil. It was country against country. I'll be honest. I was rooting for the USA, although I knew they weren't going to get past. I was surprised they got to the, what was it, round of 32? Is that what it was? I was surprised they got there, round of 16. Everyone was rooting for their own country. Painted faces. I came to church one day with a flag on my face. If you believe that, I got a bridge to sell you in Brooklyn. <laughs> Flags waving, horns blowing. Those horns in soccer matches are the most unbelievable. They're diabolical. They're of the devil, those horns that are blown in soccer matches. Fact of the matter is, a country of our birth was purely by chance. You did not have one thing to do with the choice of what country you were born in. It's called, you know what they I call it scientifically, they call it the accident of your birth. The headlines are blaring about children crossing our southern borders, born in one country, striving to get to another country, and that country is ours. The only difference, you hear me now, between those kids and our beautiful children that are in classes today and they're in a nursery right now is the accident of their birth. It's just the accident of their birth. There's a call from God. You hear me. It's moving day. He said, I want you to leave your country, Abraham. I want you to leave family, and I want you to come to my country. I want to tell you what we need to stop. We need to stop waving flags of denominationalism that we were born into. This is not about religion or some reign of a denomination. This is about relationship with Jesus Christ. And I don't want to hurt anybody, but I promise you with everything that's in me, I don't wave a flag of what I used to be a part of. I am trying to have a church in Austin, Texas that loves Jesus for just who he is in their life. Do you believe Jesus saves? That's all I want to know. Do you believe Jesus heals? I want to know that. Do you believe he delivers? Do you believe he sets families right? Do you believe he touches your children? Do you believe he can baptize your office? Do you believe he can do anything? That's what it's all about. Quit waving saying, well, I'm this and I'm... No, no, no. We're in a relationship with Jesus Christ. Well, I'm going to get several letters this week on that one. We need to stop waving the flag of our culture that we were raised in. It's not about family DNA. It's about the blood of Jesus. I love the multiracialism of this church, but I also love the multi-society level of this church. I also love the multi-educational level of this church. Everything about this church is multi. And you know what? We're going to glorify God in that. We're going to edify God. Here's what I'm telling you. You're in a church that's going to look a whole lot like heaven's going to look like one day. You might as well get excited right now. Because somebody besides you may not be as educated as you. Somebody besides you may not make as much money as you make. 
Somebody besides you may not have the same color you have. You need to get excited because this is what Jesus does. We're going to wave the flag of his glory, his blood, not our DNA. Oh, I feel like preaching right now. It's time. It's time to move. God spoke to me this week at a conference and said, I want you to go back home and I want you to praise the things that I'm doing at the church in Austin, Texas. I want you to edify what God is doing. I want you to edify what is happening in the church. I want you to edify everything that's going right in the church. Quit talking about things that are not going right. Start talking about the things that are going right. And I'll tell you what's going right around here. We love everybody in this house. We love everybody in this house. Somebody asked me one time, said, what color are the people? How many do you have with this or that? And I said, they're all red in our church. Everybody's covered by the blood of Jesus. And you know what? I'm going to tell you something. It's time to get away from DNA and our culture and what we were raised. It's time to come together and say, this is the house of God. This is the gateway to heaven. CLC honors and respects and loves every social order, every educational order. I'm preaching now. Every ethnic order, every culture. We believe in that with everything that's in our hearts. Stop waving the flag that blames your temper on your Irish bloodline or your approach to life on your people's culture. Quit it, quit it, quit it. It's moving day. It's moving day. Hear this, Pastor. We are to be in this world, but we're not to be of this world. It's moving day. Sometimes following God will be counterculture. Sometimes it will be the culture, but to a higher standard. But you're going to have to leave your country thinking, His is calling. His is greater than mine. Whatever my DNA, whatever my background in religion, whatever I have been in my life, the greatest calling I could have in my life is a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Is anybody getting a hold of what I'm saying today? Anybody? Anybody? You know, cultures all come with stereotypes. Everybody knows that. Don't you say amen to that? Amen. Every nationality has a stereotype. Latinos, blacks, whites, Asians, Indians, all of them. All nationalities have stereotypes. Where do these stereotypes come from? Much is undeserved and born out of prejudice and ignorance. It really is. Hear me, I'm teaching now. But some is earned. You know Why? Because we never leave our country and the culture we were born and raised in. So rather than counter the culture, we blend in with the culture. And there are some great things from our cultures we need to cling to and carry with us. But all of us have seen those who play right into the stereotype of that which is wrong. And that's not going to be Christian life church theme. We're going to counter all of our cultures. We're going to come together and get into the Jesus culture. Are you with me? Anybody want to get into the Jesus culture here today? Somebody said, Pastor, are you having, are you having issues outside the church? Oh, no. But an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. And I'm telling you, we're going to get into a Jesus culture. I know it's been in the past, and we're going to recreate it in the present because there's nothing like Jesus in our house. He's going to be edified. He's going to be glorified. Say amen to that. He's going to be praised. He's going to be honored. He's going to be blessed. Because if you are a Christian, you were born a second time. Your earthly father is not really the one that counts anymore. 
It's your heavenly Father that counts now. Somebody said, you know, I probably will die of heart disease because my dad had heart disease. No, no, no. If you're a child of God, you've got a heavenly Father that never had heart disease. You've got a heavenly Father that never had cancer. You've got a heavenly Father that never had diabetes. He knows how to heal those things. I'm preaching all over the book here today because I want you to understand it's time to leave what we call our culture, and this is how we do things. We've got to get into the Jesus culture of 2014 in our life. Amen. Let's move forward. It's moving day. Come on, let's go. It's moving day. Let's move forward in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. First John chapter 3, 1 through 3, and the new King James says, Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us. It should be called the children of God. Say children of God. Therefore the world does not know us because it did not know him. Beloved, now we are the children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be, but we know when he is revealed we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. And everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. God is saying, get out from your family and your father's house. I want to be your father. Now, this seems extreme. It really does. But God knew for Abram to get where he needed to go and to become who he intended to be. Abe was going to have to cut ties Let me tell you what I'm not saying. Hear me real good. I'm not saying you have to break off with your family. I'm not saying you have to break off with your family. But you may need to break away from some of the limiting factors you inherited through your family. Because it's just the way it is. Every family has traditions And some of those traditions are good and some are bad. And many times the bad clings to us and the good many times is forsaken and forgotten. And we hold on to that thing that made our family what we call tough. But I want us to grab a hold of some traditions of Jesus Christ here. As the fall approaches, it's moving day. It's time to establish Jesus Christ as Lord forever in your life today. It's time to look up and say, Jesus, I want no one else. Paul said, I don't want to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I don't want, I don't want, I'm not worried about my pedigree from from the fact that I was a Roman citizen, born a Jew, a Roman citizen. I don't care that I was a member of the Sanhedrin. It does not matter to me if I had high ranking. All I want to know is Jesus Christ. That's all I want to know. That's all I want to know. And somehow, somehow this church has had that kind of veracity in our hearts and our lives. And I want to say something else. I want the working of the Holy Ghost to baptize this place. I want the working of the Holy Ghost to baptize this place. Listen to me. The more you praise Jesus, the more he sends his spirit. The more we praise Jesus, the more we, he sends his spirit. I love when you think I preach decent. I love when you think I preach good. And I never let it go to my head, only to my heart. But I'm going to tell you something. Better than me preaching good is Jesus Christ being edified in this house. Better than saying good job, pastor, is Jesus Christ being edified in this house. And better than that is him sending the power of the Holy Ghost upon us. Him sending the grace of God upon us. Amen. Him sending the almighty touch of heaven upon us. That's what it's all about. Can somebody help me right now? Preach this gospel a little bit longer. Amen. I love you. I love you. Every family passes on good. Every family passes on solid traits and then 
then traits that need scrutiny to be determined if they are limiters in your life. Like how big or how small God is. You know, some men trust in horses and some trust in chariots, but the prophet said, we'll remember the name of the Lord. There are some families that made Jesus the fifth or sixth option that you were raised in. It's moving day. There are some families that you came from that didn't even honor God. God was not even talked about. The whole book of Esther, the name God is never mentioned in the whole book of Esther. It's amazing that a book in the Bible could not even have God mentioned. But people don't mention God sometimes. We've got to change that paradigm. We've got to move from a godless family to a God-filled home. And sometimes we cling to that. We, get, we trust in our ways and we trust in our own thoughts and our own, our own methods. And you cannot do that. It cannot happen that way. It must be God-centered. It must be Christ-centered. Everything in our life must be Christ-centered. I tell every family, that every couple that I'm married, that a three-fold cord is not easily broken. One is the man, one is the lady, and there's that third fold. It's the God Almighty in your family, in your life. And you must have that. So we cannot have a limiting on how big or how small God is. Number two, religious ritual and form that edges out the new thing God's trying to do in your life. Religious form. Religious form many times puts limitations on possibilities that God has for us. I am not trying to buck any system, any theology. I'm not trying to buck any church denomination. But this book says that God is a healer. This book says that God can save to the uttermost. This book says that there's nobody like our God. There's nobody like him. And so many times we get to running in certain circles and we think that we've got this thing cornered. You hear me. There is nobody got this thing cornered. But we need to edify Jesus Christ and take the limitations of possibilities off of Jesus Christ in the fall of this year. We're going to three services. You know why? Because God spoke to us and said, we think we can feel three times on Sunday morning this church house. And I believe that. Anybody believe that with me? Anybody believe that with me? See, it's moving day. It's moving day. It's moving day. And God is saying, I want you to go forward. I want you to step up. I want you to go more than you've ever gone. And people say, Pastor, what about your health? Let's don't worry about that. Let's just go forward and see what God does in this church. Because I would rather die preaching the gospel and telling people that Jesus loves you and the Holy Ghost is for you and baptism is with you. I'd rather do that than die rusting out, retired somewhere in an old village and losing my mind. I don't want that to happen. I want to die preaching the gospel. I want to die saving people from the lost world of sin. I want to die telling them Jesus loves them. I want to die telling them that everything is going to be all right when you cast your faith with Jesus Christ. That's what it's about. It's moving day. And the third thing I need to tell you, then I close. You've got to leave Ur and Haran. You've got to connect with Canaan. It's all about perspective. You've got to get God's perspective. I don't want anybody in this church to ever look at anybody that's lesser or greater. Or somebody thinks that these people are not as important. Everybody counts at Christian Life Church. Everybody counts here. The Bible said in Isaiah that carpenters encourage goldsmith. If you looked at the 
wages of goldsmith versus carpenters it was very very much different but carpenters encouraged goldsmith which meant the lesser encouraged the greater here's what I want to tell you life's about relationships and Jesus is saying I want to get closer to you than you have been to your families I want to mean more to you than you have ever gained in your families because I am your father and I love you with all my heart. Everybody say it's moving day. Everybody say pastor. I want to get closer. I want to get deeper. I want this to count more than it's ever counted in my life. Clap your hands all over the house. So we're in an arena today. We're in the arena called the church. And I preach some things that I know and you know. That's what the arena is. We all know. But then there is what we call the mask. Many of us wear it. I know, but you don't know because I've got this on. I know what I really am, but you don't. Then we got what we call the blind spot. You know, but I don't know. Because I can't see what I can't see. Are you with me? But the fourth one is all about potential. I don't know, and you don't know where this is going to take us. But I know one thing. I have preached Jesus Christ this morning like I hadn't preached him in a long time. And I want everybody to understand that wherever he leads us is going to be all right. Amen. Amen. It's going to be all right. Abram became Abraham, the father of the nations. What could you become if you just broke away from some things in your country? And went to a place that God has prepared for you. What kind of promises do you think are waiting on you there? Stand to your feet. Thank you for listening to the Christian Life Austin podcast. For more information, please visit clcaustin.com.